Hello and welcome to Whiskey Unscripted. That music in the background, well, he has been at it practising all week, and I have to say, Gordon and Das, you're even better than last week. How are you? I'm very, very well. I've got slightly sore ears from all the drumming, but I'm, I'm surviving. Yeah, not bad at all. My neighbours hate me. <laughs> That's right. Well, how's, how's it been this week, Gordon? How's things in lockdown? No, I've been kicking around the house, uh, funnily enough. But uh, no, look, the, it, we've got lots to get on with, so no, it was good. Um, but yeah, no, the weather's a lot better. I'd like to be outside, but we need to stay indoors. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm not even going to get into talking about cutting my own hair, so let's just put that to one side. Uh, that wouldn't take long. <laughs> it did not take long. It still managed to make a muck of it. Uh, Gordon, this is episode three. Very, very significant number. And on that point, Gordon, before we even talk about whiskies, I would like to do a quick hand wash challenge. We've got to wash our hands, 20 seconds, but rather than sing, I would like to do 20 seconds, Gordon, if you could come up with famous threes, famous trios. Oh. I've got my sink going. Um, uh, the Three Amigos. Yes. Uh, the Bee Gees. Oh-ho! Uh, the three tenors, I think. Oh, the thirty quid. That's how much you owe me. Oh, bros. Bro, bros, your favourite. Yep, yep, yep. Charlie's Angels, you could have had. Good the good, good, the bad, the ugly. Three Musketeers. The point being, three is quite an important number. But is it important for whiskey? That's my question. That's the whole point of it. Is three what? a magic number for our industry? I think it is. I think it is. Um, um, and I definitely want to talk about that. But before I do that... Hang on. Oh, I'll yes. Right back at what you, big boy. Oh. What is in your glass? What is in your glass, Mr. Dallas? Well, I am drinking one of the E. McLeod's signature bottles of whiskey, the Six Isles, Gordon. Oh, Six Isles. It's a blended malt, it. which means it is malt. It's um, six malts from six islands around Scotland, all expertly crafted together and served it, you know, no water added, it's unchilled filtered, undiluted, what a drink this is. Can you tell me the six islands? Oh, I've got, you've got, I can tell you that way, Isla's in there, you've got Isla, there's Jura, Sky, Mull, and a lovely smooth Orkney uh, single mull, and of course Aaron out there as yes. well, so really distinctive, each one of these islands, just think of that in one glass, Gordon. It's, it's a beautiful whiskey, it's a beautiful whiskey, so it's obviously got a mixture of some peated and unpeated yeah. whiskies. So Aaron is an unpeated whiskey, uh, although they do peated versions, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, they've opened a new distillery as well in the south of the island called Lag, uh, yeah. which is nearly a year old, unbelievably. So um, um, Isla, obviously nine distilleries. Mull um, has obviously Tobermory Distillery. Sky has Talisker and another distillery, which I can't remember its name. Yeah. Orkney, of course, has two distilleries, Highland Park and Scapa. Jura, of course, has one distillery. Six, six islands in one glass. It really is a, a, a phenomenal dram. The smoke. It's all like that. Sorry for interrupting. No, I no. I can't think of another whiskey in the whiskey industry. And it's a really lovely sort of maritime experience, isn't it? What are you drinking? Well, I'm, I've, I've, gone, I've gone a little bit off topic. I'm, uh, I'm now drinking a bourbon. So um, bourbon, this, this bourbon is a, is a, is a super bourbon. It's called Buffalo Trace. It's a lovely, uh, lovely bourbon from the from the uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery, which is near Frankfort, the capital of Kentucky. There you go. If you go away home with nothing else today, okay. you might remember that Frankfort oh, is oh. the capital. Of have Kentucky. you been? 
I have been to, I've had the fortunate sort of uh, history of going to Kentucky a lot. So I actually know a lot of the guys who make bourbon. I used to work for Jim Beam. So that was Maker's Mark and Jim Beam, um, two great bourbons as well. I, I love Buffalo Trace. I, I, I think it's a really, really tasty bourbon. And, and um, bourbon is a very different product to scotch. It has rules as well, of mm-hmm. course, which, which mean that you have to use, rather than for single malt, you have to use 100% malt, for example. Um, in Kentucky, you use a, generally to make a bourbon a combination, it must be at least 51% corn, and then you use rye and malted barley. Um, so, so, so at least 51% corn, generally about 70%, uh, but that varies for the style of bourbon that you're trying to, trying to mature. And the other major difference, of course, is they only use the one type of cask. So um, new, newly charred casks, which once they've used get them, and we call those ex-bourbon casks. So brilliant whiskies. What I love about them, yeah. they're very bold, they're very vibrant, they're very sweet, and they're quite sort of loud and shouty. And I, I think they're very good. Lo- love a bourbon. What has caught your eye uh, this week in the whiskey world or the online spirit world? What's What's been going on? Well, I mean, if I'm honest, it's a fairly quiet time, I think. A, there's, a, there's, there's certainly stuff going on, and a lot of it is is online based and uh, a lot of virtual stuff and a lot of interaction with consumers from a from a from a virtual place um, we've done our fair share of uh, of tastings we did a tamdu tasting directly from the from the still house we had sandy in the still house oh, uh, about, a week, about a week ago i was sitting at home unfortunately uh, but still drinking the whiskies but um, and he was Doing all the work. He was waxing lyrical about his distillery, and we'll obviously be speaking to Sandy a little bit later. Yes, our insider's guide, and we'll be doing our A to Z's coming up in the Whiskey Unscripted podcast. What does three mean to the world of whiskey? Well, I mean, three is instrumental to a lot of elements of whiskey, so let's start at the very beginning. You have three ingredients, obviously water, malted barley, and yeast uh, for every single single malt distillery. Um, and that is a fundamental rule of Scotch whisky making, as is as is a minimum of three years maturation. Oh, so you can't have a Scotch whisky that's two years and three hundred and sixty-four days old because it certainly cannot be classed as a Scotch whisky. Any other threes apart from that's the amount of hair we have well, on I mean, our heads between us? <laughs> the, only other, <laughs> the only other thing, of course, is there is some whiskies that are triple distilled. Ah, um, oh, so, nice. So, of course, we are bringing back... Um, now, in- interestingly, as we heard from Jason, Glengoyne has three stills, but it's not ah. triple distilled, it's double distilled. They split the low wines into the, the two spirit stills, so it's not a double, it's not a triple distillation, it's double. Uh, famous triple dis- distilled whiskies, of course... Ockentoshan, very famous triple distilled whiskey. Um, and Rosebank, the whiskey that we're going to be, the distillery we're building, we're bringing back to life. One of the most famous lowland whiskies that was triple distilled. And we'll be uh, recreating and rebuilding that distillery as it was as a triple distilled triple distilled whiskey. And, and as you know, Gordon, a lot of those lowland whiskies were the ones that were triple distilled. I think it's time we went on to a regular feature. For those that like the alphabets and the progression, this is quite oh, simply... Uh, the A to Z of Scotch whisky. We've had A, we've had B. We're now onto the letter, Gordon. What's again? C. Ah, that. Thank you. Right. What we got in the letter C? Kick us off, Gordon. Well, I'm going to kick off with condenser, um, an important part of the distillation process. 
an element that changes the vapor back into a liquid. So at most distilleries, these are shell and tube condensers, which are big copper tubes with mm -hmm. cold water running inside them. So when the hot vapor hits those cold water tubes, it it obviously condenses back into a liquid, hence the name condenser. Quite clever, in fact. The other style is what we would call worm tub condenser. Worm tub, very simply, a much older style of condenser. A copper um, copper pipe runs from the still into a, and spirals round in a cold vat of water. And obviously, the vapor as it goes round that tube turns into a liquid at the bottom. Um, very different. Um, ultimately, you get more copper contact in a shell and tube condenser. So generally aimed towards a more lighter spirit. Most distilleries use them, but there are a smattering of distilleries that still use the worm tub. And of course, at Rosebank, we will be using worm tubs because we used them before. But that's where all the water, a lot of the water that Scotch whiskey use, flies through the condensers. Great. Uh, could I throw one in Coopers and Cooperages? Now, that's oh. a huge part of the industry. And I was so lucky last year to go down to, to Heres and retrace your steps. You and Sandy, who we'll, we'll hear from later on, went mm. down to Heres uh, and shot a lovely video at tamdo.com, which I have to say, you've got a glass in your hand every five minutes. But anyway, um, but it's an amazing place down there, and that really is the most important part of the industry. Oh, it's hugely, hugely important. And I mean, I think whether your Cooper's in in Spain who are really crafting these casts that take five, six years to make, whether they're in America where the process is a little bit quicker, but the fundamentally amounts of casts that are coming out from those new American oak casts that are charred and go straight into warehouses for four to six years. And even in Scotland, we have our own cooperage at Tamdu. And we also, we, you know, we, there's many great coopers around the distilleries in, in Scotland. So it's a real art form making, making casks. It's a, it's a real manual task. It's, it's heavy labor um, and it's a really, really important part of the industry, and uh, it's it's a it's a real um, it's a real trade. It's something you really learn. And uh, Sean up at Tamdu is a fantastic cooper and doing a great job in terms of repairing and you know keeping our casts the best they can be. What I like about Sean up there, and if you Sean, if you're listening, hello. A he still he uses his grandfather's tools. His grandfather was a cooper, which is amazing. Fantastic. A young That's guy brilliant. using the old tools, and also. Best not to stay up too late with him in a bar. He, he All right, okay. Uh, I wouldn't bother drinking, try to out drink he's, a Cooper. It's not a good... He's, and also, please... he's also a little bit bigger than you. Yes. <laughs> That's not difficult. Cooper, Gordon, you've got another C for us. I have. Um, obviously, a lot of brands begin with C. So, Kaila on oh, Isla. Nice, nice. Um, Another great brand is Klein Leash, a very famous whiskey, um, a unique style. But the one I was going to just... Because we were talking about them a little bit earlier is Craig Ellicke, not just the brand, but the place as well. Craig Ellicke is a brand, is one of those distilleries that uses those worm tubs and has that unique style to it, lovely single malt. But actually as a place, a great place to to base your starting point from visiting Speyside. Uh, it really is in the centre of everything. McAllen's up the road, Tamdu, very close by, mm -hmm. and a whole load of other distilleries just pretty much on the doorstep there. Um, and a couple of top tips of places to go. You've obviously got the Craig Ellicke Hotel, very famous, very famous sort of whiskey room and very nice place to go and have some food or something like that. And then you can pop across the road to the Highlander Inn, which is uh, run by my good friend Tatsuya Minagawa. And it's a wonderful uh, selection of whiskies. The guys behind the bar are so knowledgeable and they can give you a fantastic experience in terms of guiding you through some of the whiskies of the region. If you've never um, been before, found... Gordon, it just looks like an 
a normal sort of bar area, and then you'd go downstairs, and it's like a downstairs into heaven. Oh, yeah. Downstairs into heaven. I recommend it's a great it. place. Great place. Oh, must get up there. So that's Tregelicky. Uh, let me throw one column stills. Column stills. 1830 is when they were patented. They had been around earlier on, yep. most notably at Cameron Bridge. But in 1830, an Irishman, an ex-excise man called Aeneas Kofi, um, patents this column still, patent still, uh, sometimes called his Kofi still. And he was mm-hmm. referred to as the Henry Ford of the whiskey industry. His invention was adopted by virtually every distillery in the States. Virtually every distillery in Scotland was using the... the, the continual column stills that were making green whiskey and Aeneas Kofi himself died in poverty and died in obscurity no one knows where he was buried it's a story for another day Gordon but column stills hugely important for our industry and and bourbon that you're drinking no absolutely I mean column stills are are crucial yeah absolutely and just another quick thing which we're going to discuss I think next week is um Column stills were the reason why Scotch whisky totally sort of took over from Irish. Um, the Scotch adopted the continual distillation that you could get. The Irish didn't. Um, and that's why Scotch really, really sort of smothered Irish whisky for many years. But we'll hear about the the, the renaissance of Irish whisky. One more seal for the um, 80s. Oh. Finishes off. Chill filtration. It's a, very simply, whiskies between 40 and 46% will be chill filtered. Um, and that really is just to enable that there's no no fatty acids in there that will make it cloudy any whiskey above 46 percent will be non-chill filtered simply all it means is that you may get a slightly additional mouthfeel um on the non-chill filtered whiskey but most whiskies in fact pretty much all of them between 40 and 46 are chill filtered and it's purely to ensure that there's a visual consistency of the whiskey in the glass Chill for, I was going to go for congeners We've hardly got time for congeners, Gordon right. Which is, in a bottle of whiskey You've got ethanol, you've got water And everything yep. else is congeners Yep, absolutely That'd really be nice important. One. Hugely important I think there's another one we should mention Of course, <laughs> should be included Is cocktails <laughs> oh, God, Of course it's cocktails And I think that's a great cue To have a little cocktail recipe you hold the fort here. I'll go to the whiskey unscripted arms. <laughs> now, on with the VR headset. Load up 200 of the best VR friends a computer can generate. <laughs> suppose nothing really changes. <laughs> Plus our shows. And let's go and speak to the resident mixologist here. It's Michael Sim, Smokehead's brand ambassador. Michael, cocktails. Cocktails. Well, some people ask why. It's another way to enjoy the spirit or spirits that you you like that, that we've put so much time into crafting cocktails are traditionally thought as of an american invention um, but they're actually at least well at least partly inspired by british punches which are big bowls of spirits with fruit juices spices and other flavors consumed in punch houses in the 18th century the term cocktail um, was even first printed in a british newspaper in march 1798 but really, it wasn't kind of credited until 1806 in New York, where the cocktail is down to what we kind of know as today, a, a stimulating liquor composed of any kind of sugar, water and bitters. What, what are my favourite cocktails that I like making in the house? Well, a highball is one of them. You can 
there's so many different highballs that you can create. A highball is actually the glass that you drink it from. Um, so it's a long, tall, thin glass. And one that I've been making um, for the last while in the house, we've got 25 mils of smokehead dial single malt, 25 mils of lemon juice, 25 mils of passion fruit juice. Now you add that all into the glass, you top it up with ice, and then you top that up with ginger ale as well. Um, you can garnish it with uh, a, a squeeze of a, a lemon wedge on top. Um, and it's absolutely incredible. But again, any any whiskey really kind of topped up with ginger ale, a little bit of citrus in there, um, or other other kind of fruit flavours will work incredibly well. Another classic, which is which is my favourite, is the old fashioned. Really, you can use any whiskey. Um, I'm sure Samuel will agree with me that, that Tam do works incredibly well in, in an old fashioned. Um, so you you kind of start off with 50 mils of of, of your chosen whiskey. In, in the bottom of a rocks glass, an old-fashioned glass uh, with, a, with a teaspoon of brown sugar, three to five dashes uh, of bitters. Again, you can use any bitters you like. There's, there's chocolate bitters, there's grapefruit bitters if you want a little bit more of a citrus edge. Um, but I like using old-fashioned bitters. Um, it's a, a traditional type of, of bitter. Add a little bit of ice in there and stir that down. A little bit of dilution with the water. And then garnish it with an orange twist and a maraschino cherry. And Again, what a class act. Thank you, Michael. And by the way, you are the class act. <laughs> I don't want to leave this virtual reality bar. In this bar, I'm six foot tall with blonde hair and everyone laughs at my jokes. I have 200 friends. <laughs> I suppose I've now got to go back to Gordon in the podcast. Oh, well. Goodbye, friends. Goodbye, hair. And I think it's time for our Insider's Guide. Gordon, who have you got lined up today? Well, we decided after last week we talked about distillation and being a stillman and we we uh, understood how important that is and how important the whole production process is. But the overseeing of that and the responsibility of all that aspect of production, not just that individual part, is obviously the responsibility of a distillery manager. Now, we, we wanted to get a distillery manager who... Um, is very passionate and i think we've managed to do that he's obviously he's he's come from he's coming from tamdu which is our distillery on Speyside. sandy mcintyre was um was awarded in 2019 he was distillery manager of the year for the whole industry so sandy was very very excited by that um adding to the fact that his single cast that he just selected last year for tamdu has just won a major award as being the best single cask in the world sandy's on cloud nine um, and um, he, he runs a beautiful, beautiful distillery, which nobody can visit. You can't visit Tamdu. Um, but we do open it, as we I think we've mentioned before, normally at the Spirit of Speyside Whiskey Festival, which would be in about a couple of weeks. But unfortunately, that's not happening this year. That's down to what's going on. So we wanted to get Sandy in to really give us an inside track on being a distillery manager and those that responsibility that it takes. Well, let's see if he's on the end of the line right now. Sandy, are you there? I am, guys. I'm here. I'm delighted to speak to somebody out with Speyside. It's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. It's Sand- Sandy, Gordon and Das on the other end of the phone as well. Sandy, good to hear your dulcet tunes. Great to have you yeah. on Whiskey Unscripted. Good. I'm, I'm delighted to be invited, guys. Thanks for that. Not at all, Sandy. Hopefully we'll all be in the same room at some point in the near future, but... Thanks for joining us. And this really is about the insider's guide. We talked about distilling last week, and this is about management this week. How do you get a job as a distillery manager? And actually, I know it sounds quite obvious, but what is it? What what does it entail? 
it's more how you get away with managing to keep your job as a distillery <laughs> manager, guys. Um, I, I've just not been found out yet, that's all. Um, I've, I've been in this role now for, for just over five years, and uh, every day I pinch myself because it's absolutely the, one of the best jobs in the world. Um, I kind of walked into the industry in a kind of weird way. It wasn't uh, where I started off my, my career by any manner of means. And uh, I joined Diageo around uh, 15, 17 years ago now. Um, and then joined Ian McLeod Distillers, which is where I obviously am now, uh, back in November uh, 2014. So day-to-day-wise, it's, uh, every day is different. I've got to say it. It's, uh, it's a delight to not knowing necessarily what you've what you're going to be facing up to each day, but uh, you've just got to take each day as it comes. Tamdu's a big distillery. It, it can produce a lot of spirit. It can produce a lot of, uh, you know, you need a lot of cast to fill and things like that. And you've overseen a huge expansion up there as well in terms of warehousing and things like that. It must give you a, a real sense of, you know, look what we've achieved here. It is. It's a real sense of pride, actually. Bringing Tamdu back into operation, as Izzy McLeod's have uh, since 2012, and getting the distillery running again, and then subsequently, as you see, the expansion that we've done here in terms of warehouses, we've now got a, a new cooperage facility here at the site, and just in terms of actually the development of the team has uh, been absolutely phenomenal, and the way the brand is developing now in terms of winning some great awards, uh, I'm going to blow my own trumpet, we, we actually won the world's best single cask, single malt whiskey. And we're actually world's best at the moment. So absolutely phenomenal achievement. That is a Who phenomenal chose moment. that whiskey, Sandy? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my questions, Gordon. How did it? Why did you choose that one? Well, yeah, well, you, you've hit the nail on the head. First off, uh, Mr. Dundas, I chose the whiskey. Hence the reason why I'm blowing my own trumpet. Uh, we were extremely successful last year in the World Whiskey Awards, where we won the best Scotch single cask single malt with our distillery single cask team edition uh, and there was a wee story behind the selection of that where it wasn't the whiskey that I necessarily wanted to choose uh, we did that kind of ballot amongst all the team here we all knows and tasted some some single casks and it wasn't the one I preferred and I was lucky enough to manage to, to bottle the one that I preferred in 2019 um, for about May 2019 and it subsequently has gone on to actually better the award that we won with the team edition. So, I mean, I'm delighted to, to say that we actually obviously won an award, but uh, mm. to make sure it was better than the one that the team chose made it all the sweeter. Oh, the, the, boys, the boys must think you're unbearable to live with, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've, got to, I've got to say it, guys. The certificates actually just came in uh, into the office about uh, a week ago, and literally just before speaking to you, I have been putting them in a frame. <laughs> so I've got the certificate here right beside me right now that uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking about carrying it about in the car with me. Have you photocopied it 20 times and stuck it all around the distillery? <laughs> not, not mind just sticking it around the distillery. I've stuck it in all the lampposts and the candle and artisan and Aberlour, Gordon. It's a fantastic <laughs> accolade. It really is a fantastic... Gordon, this, um, this is, and Sandy, this is a podcast. There's no visuals. Could you just... For people listening around the world that haven't been to Tamdu, could you paint us a picture? What... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, it's the most tranquil location... We're right on the banks of the River Spey. It's, uh, we, we have an old Victorian railway station. Um, we have got quite extensive grounds. It's, it's, quite a, it's quite a different distillery in terms of the visual of the distillery itself. We've got a mixture of some buildings from, from 1897, from when the distillery was, was constructed. 
right through to the, the 50s, where we've got some office areas, etc. And then right into the the 2000 and, and take, well, the 1970s, where there was extensive expansion of the, the Mash House and the Turnroom area. And then obviously into the, the 2010s, uh, 2019s, etc., where we built new warehouses. We've got that new cooperage I was speaking about. So it's it's... It's not the most picturesque distillery, Gordon. It's, it's not the, the white-painted distilleries that maybe a lot of people think about for Scotland. It is perhaps a wee bit more industrial. But I heard you talking a couple of weeks ago about grain distilleries, and I've got to say it's certainly not in the, the ugly category of, of that kind of side of things. So it's still you know yeah. quite picturesque. But ultimately, you know, the key thing about a distillery, whether it's pretty or beautiful or not so pretty and whatever, is the quality of what comes out the other end. And that's ultimately what you're focused on as a manager. Yeah, well, that's you touched on the, the you know, what do I do day to day as a manager? And a lot of that is around making sure we've got the quality of the new make spirit to be able to go into the casks, making sure that we've got great casks to put the liquid into. And then obviously keeping an eye on that right through the maturation stage right all the way through to we actually disgorging casks here on site and sending them down to our bottling hall as well. So it's you know it's very much that focus on quality. If we make sure that the, the liquid quality is great in the first place and some fantastic casks to fill it into, then you know what, we're doing our job and actually making sure we're securing liquid for the next 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 even years yeah, that people can continue to enjoy. I think the other area that you know I'm keen you know more and more about is obviously um, you know, sustainability and all that and the environment around us. And I think, uh, you know, there was a very unique project that I remember you were working on up there, which was to do with the fish in the spay. Well, yeah, that, that's been one of the great ones that we, we did. We, uh, in conjunction with, with a number of local partners, we installed a fish pass on the local burn that passes through the, the distillery here. We draw our cooling water for the condensers from the Nakando burn, and there was a, a dam on that, which... The salmon, I mean, bear in mind when the River Spey, world famous for North Atlantic salmon, the salmon uh, are declining and have been declining over the last number of years. And we wanted to try and help that those numbers actually increase again. And one of the things that we installed was this fish pass, which has allowed the, the, the salmon smolts, the very, very young, young fish, to return to areas to breed further upstream in this new area that hasn't been open to them for the last 120 years. We're seeing a great success with that. We were actually in for some some fantastic awards last year for it. We're nominated for for mm. them, and we're working in conjunction with the Spay Fisheries. And we have a fish camera um, there to actually monitor to see whether we're actually getting returning fish. And we are. So that's been a great that's success. Great. The disappointing thing for me with the current situation that we're in the world at the moment is that we're just going to be starting a project with the local school children as well from the Cando Primary School. And that was to involve the, the rejuvenation of certain areas to actually bring back some other wildlife, some butterflies, some birds, some plants, some fruit trees, etc. It was working in conjunction with the local community, which we love to do as well. You can't that's blame the fish, important. Gordon, for wanting to get up that knock-and-do burn, get near the distillery. You know, that's... No, not at all. That's not motivation. All, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And one of, the, one of the things that a lot of people ask me about, and... And are very aware of obviously with Tamdu is that as a member of the public you can't actually go there. And obviously the only time that it is really open to the public would be the Spirit of Space Side Whiskey Festival, which starts in May. But unfortunately this year, due to the situation we're in, has been cancelled. So, you know, that is one of the one of the one of the one of the only times it would ever be open. Is that not right, Sandy? Yes, it is. And it is. 
it's such a shame this year because the, the Whiskey Festival board and the whole committee there worked so hard at organising all the events and sorting out all the, the calendars and, and booking systems, mm. etc. For, for that. And obviously this year we're in a completely different situation. Uh, where we are here at the distillery is it's, you know, it's a delight to be able to open the doors uh, for, for three or four days. We see some people travelling from all around the world. We see the same people coming back time and time again, every once and so every so often as well. And we've built up friendships and relationships with some of these people too, which is absolutely fantastic. So I'm sorry yeah. we're gonna miss out on seeing some of those faces this year. And it's been a great what a great festival it is. Can I just recommend anyone listening that yeah. um once the world goes back to normal and it will to try and book your tickets and get up to that Speyside Festival. And Sandy, I don't have the audio, because I wanted to play some audio of myself up a crane, 80 feet in the air, <laughs> terrifying the life out of me. The day before, or the same day, I was doing a speech at the Speyside Festival. I now realise your management technique was superb. You just tried to take my mind off the nerves. But what were you doing take me 80 feet up in the air? <laughs> well, scaring myself because I don't like heights either. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think it actually stunned the two of us into silence, if I remember quite rightly. Crikey, <laughs> but it must have been scary. <laughs> <laughs> at, at that time, we were, were doing quite an extensive project on site where we were demolishing the old salad and box maltings. So anybody that is familiar with, with Tamdu, they might have seen photographs or, or even visited in the past the old maltings. Uh, it was quite a dominant structure on site, perhaps not the prettiest, and certainly something that, that hadn't been used since, since we brought the distillery back into operation. So it was one of these things where, you know, let, let's actually remove it and see whether we can use that area to, to a more useful means for our own purposes. Um, so we were actually part of the, we were up in the crane in the basket, looking over the demolition site at the time it was getting done, which... Was, was one of these things that we'll certainly never see again. So no. it's, it's one of those memories that I've got. Gordon, I no, want to yeah. ask you a question, Sandy. Uh, I sort of intimated with Jason whether he does this when we spoke with him last week. Do you ever <laughs> go to other distilleries with disguises on or anything like that and just sort of have a wander around, try not be noticed, obviously, because you were Distillery Manager of the Year, and, and make a note, oh, I wouldn't do things that way, I wouldn't do it like that, or do you not bother doing that? Well, it's a strange one. I'm just not long back from Australia. I was out there for a few weeks holiday. And I made a visit to one of the distilleries out there. So it was a wee bit of a busman's holiday as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Uh, so I visited Limeburners Malt Distillery oh, down, in, yeah, yeah. down in the uh, Albany area of, um, of, of the, um, Western Australia. Great wee visit. I did make myself known. I've got to admit that I did admit who I was. Because their manager there had actually won Distillery Manager of the Year, I think, before I did. So it was quite interesting. Um, it was useful no, no, I didn't have a chance. To. I just sampled, sampled some whiskies instead. Unless you want to say it was a liquid lunch. Oh, it was. <laughs> so that was that was a great opportunity just to see how people are doing things elsewhere in the world as well. Because yes, I've been around lots of the distilleries in Speyside and in Scotland in particular. Uh, some absolutely fantastic new distilleries that are opening up as well, which yeah. are bringing a, a different influence and a, and a new look to the industry as well, which I think is is really enlightening. Um, and yes, sometimes I make myself known and other times I don't. One of the things that I absolutely remember with you, Sandy, was when we went to Spain and we went to um, northern Spain. We went to Jerez, where our cast come from. And the two of us, I think, came away from that trip along with, you know, the others. It just in awe of the whole process. It's an interesting one because we were only discussing it with the team here at Tamdu this morning about uh, 
13 months ago, the team from Tamdu were actually out in Spain as well, visiting some of our suppliers in terms of the cooperages and the bodegas that we, we store some of our casks for seasoning. And uh, it, it's just one of those fantastic places to visit. So I would recommend it if anybody is thinking about going to Spain, don't miss out on that southern area of Spain down in the Sherry Triangle. Absolutely great scenery, lovely places to visit. But for us, the purpose of that was very much around looking at the the, the whole process of the preparation of the casks. Yeah. Come to Tamdu because Tamdu only season, I should say, only mature in sherry oak casks. So it's very Which important makes, yeah. for us. That makes us pretty unique. The thing that my lasting memory was the amazing process, the amazing people. And my gosh, wonderful tomatoes! <laughs> Is that code yeah. for something? <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. Just uh, for those for those people that do know me, I'm quite a fussy eater uh, when it comes down to it. But it's strange when you do go on holiday to places how food can taste so much nicer, and you'll try holiday. Other things. Holiday. <laughs> yes. Well, can I just I say for anyone listening to this, go to tamdo.com. And there's a lovely video of your two on your holiday, uh, sorry, on your educational <laughs> odyssey. And there's quite a lot of whiskey and sherry being consumed on that video. So please head to tamdude.com and check you guys out. It's a wonderful video. I was, I was thinking holiday because I'm just back my holidays, Gordon. Honestly, that, 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 that was... I guess, I guess. But now, it, it's the only time that I ever eat tomatoes is when I'm in Spain. It's a wee bit odd. I, I, I wonder what's to do with what he's drinking, Gordon. Um, Sandy, you mentioned the team at Tamdu. It's something I wanted to know about as a manager. What's your technique of management? We, we've got a great team here. I mean, some of the guys actually stay on site. So it means that we're actually part of a part of a wee community in ourselves for a start. The team here are all so enthusiastic. That it doesn't they take much to actually make them make them have to work, really, to be quite honest with you. They're all so keen on doing their jobs and making sure that we deliver all the time. And what actually delights them all is when we win awards. They, they love seeing the success that we're, we're achieving with the brand. And perhaps that's partly down to when any time we have won awards thus far, I've always been buying the guys some sweeties. So the, the number of awards that, that we've been winning, we're all getting fatter and fatter and fatter <laughs> on size. It's a, 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 a packet of celebrations for every person every time we win an award. So. Well, on that um, point, I wanted to, Gordon, your contribution to this is to bring bring people's education up to a, a, a level that many podcasts don't reach. I like to think my contribution is to take it down the opposite direction. So I've been working on a little challenge. Oh, no. You against Sandy. Oh, no. um, oh. This might not win me awards, boys. Do you want to take part? Of course. Well, yeah. Why not? Uh, I spent all morning thinking of this section. And I'm going to call it Famous Sandys. Now, oh, if no. you can guess the Famous Sandy, just say your name. So this one is dealing with a town. Have you ever been to the town of Sandy, either of you? Oh, there's, there's one is it now down near uh, Cambridge yes I yes have, yes I have passed through it in a train strangely enough yeah. oh that's nice because the answer is the question is Sandy a small market town 18 miles to the southwest of Cambridge is on which famous road you could wait a while M1 <laughs> is it, is, no, said not M1, M1 is incorrect but very close is it the M3 M3 or M2 it was very close to M1, Sandy, just soon the initial. M4, M5, M6. The A1. Correct, so Sandy has got the A1. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, Sandy, see, how long did you spend I, doing this? 
That was well. Do you know what my the answer? The, the question was going to be Cambridge, but he said Cambridge. So I couldn't. Um, I had to change that question at the last minute. It's so strange. I I passed through that on the train on the way to buying myself a car out just near Cambridge. Yeah. Enough of that. Uh, okay. Question two. This famous Sandy was born in Penang, Malaysia. Sandy McIntyre, and it's Sandy Jardin. San. Nope. nope. His father was a rubber planter. He was educated in Scotland, graduated from Aberdeen University in 1952. In 53, he joined Reuters as a foreign correspondent. He covered the Suez Crisis in 56. The guy that worked for ITN News. Oh, I knew him. Um, Sandy... Goal! Sandy, Sandy, my entire Sandy goal. Gordon, (laughs) 2-0. We don't believe that. This, just shout your name. This famous Sandy... Is a British Danish comedian. Dundas first. Correct. She took over from Stephen Fry's host of QI and just announced she's quitting the Great British Bake Off. It's 2 1. Is he on the comeback kid trail? Gordon Dundas. Question four. Famous Sandy. We're looking for the name of a television show. This TV show was set on Uncle Sandy's ranch. Mm, we're, we're both too young too set young for that one set in the 1880s in America's uh, southwest Gordon the Dust champion the wonder horse it is the correct oh, answer <laughs> it featured Ricky North who lived with his uncle Sandy he had I a knack for that. finding trouble only to be saved by his uh, trusty Alsatian rebel and his horse champion which means this is the decider it's too all it's like you planned it that way Gordon <laughs> Famous. <laughs> this, uh, I don't think I'll be winning awards. I'll leave that to Tamdu and that wonderful whiskey. Famous Sandys, the decider. Real name, Sandra Ann Goodrich. Born 1947. Uh, Sandy McIntyre, Sandy McIntyre, Sandy McIntyre. Yep. Uh, Sandy Show. Oh! Sandy McIntyre does it, Gordon. Did you know that she recorded most of her hits in Italian, French, German and Spanish? Puppet on a String was Germany's biggest selling single of that year. Multiple gold discs, won the Eurovision Song Contest with Puppet on a String and probably the best or the most biggest selling single from Eurovision Song Contest of all time, Sandy Shaw. Well done, Sandy McIntyre. Well done, thank you. Thank you. I, I, the, the, I hope I don't have to buy, guy, buy the guys more sweeties just because we're winning another award. <laughs> Sandy, thank you for your wonderful insights and your chat over the last few minutes. It's been great. It's been great going to crack and catch up with you two guys as well. I'd be so, so actually disappointed that we're not having the Speyside Festival this year, obviously. Um, I know. It's, it's a great social occasion. I don't know whether you're still recording right now. It's a great social occasion as much as it is a, a working occasion as well. So that's a, a wee bit of a you know a disappointment, obviously. Well, as you know, we are all partial to a bit of social socialising. So the social only... distancing is causing us a problem. Correct. The only person that's disappointed or it's happy not to have that festival on is my liver. But apart from that... <laughs> People have contacted me with tickets that I mm-hmm. wanted to come as well. So lots of disappointment, but I said I'll be back twice as good next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we do hope to maybe do something later on in the year here at Tamdu. We're, we're looking at um, different options that might be available to us. So, you know, any of your listeners, keep your ear to the ground. You know, keep on following Tamdu. Go on our, our website. Go on Tamdu Facebook page. 
and just keep your eyes out uh, because we, we are looking at options. We'll, we'll just see how things sort themselves out, though. And hopefully we'll see from some some visitors again soon. Brilliant. Thank you, Sandy. Yep. Enjoy your, enjoy your drums, uh, everybody out there. Enjoy your, your glasses and, and raise them and uh, have a wee drink on me and slander. That's a good point, Sandy. Tam, do you have got a fantastic range? What would you... Give us a steer. What's a good one to have? Well, I've, 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 I've got to say it. I've, I've got to say the Sandy McIntyre single cast. But, you know, with that, with that, with that accepted, with that accepted, with that accepted um, for me, I'd be picking up a Dalby Alley drum. You know, the Dalby Alley is, is one that we bottle specially each year for the, the Whiskey Festival. So I know certainly over these next few weeks that that's what I'll be drinking and drinking towards the, the Whiskey Festival for 2021. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of everything. We'd Sandy McIntyre, Distillery Manager at Tamdu. It's been an honour. Thank you so much for joining us here in Whiskey Unscripted. Good luck, guys. Take care of yourselves. It's Sandy McIntyre there. Gordon, what oh, a manager. <laughs> what, what a guy. Great, Beautifully passionate, amazingly passionate about his whiskey and about his distillery. And, um, you know, Sandy has an infectious... Uh, an infectious sort of um, enthusiasm, which which just rain, runs through us all. And Tamdu is is one of those brands that's beginning to create a real stir because it's all sherry casks. And, oh yeah, and it, it's 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 a it's a brand to watch in the future for sure. Absolutely, and just we never get round to it. Uh, just a couple of things on Sandy McIntyre that we never get round to there. Uh, a, did you know in his spare time he drives articulated vehicles? He's got well, a license, yeah. so he does that. Were- in his spare time, for fun. And B, did you know, Gordon, that I went off and bought one of those grills after seeing it at Sandy's one day? He's, he's such a great griller. I don't want to use this other grills available. This was a George Foreman. And um, Sandy is an absolute whiz at using it. And I couldn't believe it. It looked like magic. So I got back down the road from Tamdu and got onto the old internet and got myself a grill. I've never looked back. <laughs> Brilliant. There you go. That, I mean, that's the kind of that's the kind of kind of influence a, a, a distillery manager has over you. Correct. I've grilled all my food now. Uh, how is your bourbon, the Buffalo Trace? Finished. Finished. But uh, I am just. I'm thinking of pouring another one. Uh, well, I'll just just I'm, have half of my six aisles. You've got to have six tastes out of out of the bottle to really fully capture each island. Would that I, be I right? Think I, I think that is utterly correct, yeah. Every single taste is one of the distillers. I think I'm just a bit orkney at the moment, Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, lovely, lovely, lovely. Quite windy up there, no trees, oh, you'll be tasting that. Yeah, I feel quite windy, yeah. Gordon, uh, thank you so much for your time today on our episode three. Fantastic, what a great, great time. I'm just going to now sit on the sofa and drink my buffalo juice. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hit those drums. <laughs>